0: Hello and welcome to Let It Be. This is episode number eight.
1: So, Brooke, on my blog, I write a lot about creating space for yourself and the whole idea of creating space is because we all need time to think in order to be creative, in order to be the best people we can be and also to just be. Um, and one of the prime, prime things that is kind of underpins the creation of space is the effective setting of boundaries and I know that that's something people really struggle with in this modern world and I know it's something that comes up a lot in your workshop. So do you mind expanding a little bit on that topic for us?
0: Yeah, I think it's... Um it's something that just repeatedly I'm asked about and people don't necessarily ask me about boundaries, but they ask me about um, things that are constantly and consistently infringing on their time, you know, things that they, they, they spend a lot of time doing and they kind of feel like maybe that's not the way it should be happening, but it is. So Specifically, people ask me about um, technology, social media, smartphones, work, calls, just constant connection. Uh, and then in part related to that is you know the desire to, to have time for things, and they feel like there's just a constant bleed into their downtime, into their evenings, into their weekends of this constant connection. And it's it's having an impact because they just don't get that separation or that space, like you say, to to not be attached, to not be thinking, to not be constantly on. Um, so that's where it kind of um, has stemmed from. And the idea to me of boundaries really neatly sums up the fact that these things do need a beginning and an end and a box to sit in, because otherwise, with the world being as it is, you know, we could so easily be connected all the time and reactive all the time you know our phone
1: and that's the that's the real problem isn't it is the fact that when we are connected we are tending to be reactive and and that reactiveness really contributes so heavily to the overwhelm that we're feeling like i'm finishing um my book at the moment but probably by the time people hear this podcast it might actually be out um called practical perfection and in there is um topic of overwhelm and i did um i did a did some research um on overwhelm for the book and what came out of that research was the fact that overwhelm is kind of everyone's default setting now like that's Hmm. overwhelm is normal and a huge huge part of that overwhelm comes from this connectedness so it's awesome you know I love social media I love how connected we are I love being able to keep tabs on all what you know all my friends are doing what my family members are doing all over the world but it it's constantly tapping us on the shoulder and the whole thing with boundaries so we've you know we've got kids and we spend a lot of time setting boundaries for our kids but as adults no one's setting boundaries for us, and we have to set our set our own. Um, and I know what kind of under, I know what I recommend to people when it comes to setting boundaries. But where do you usually start when you know when people come to you with this problem? Um, I think it's important
0: to to kind of nominate what's what your priorities are um, and sort of start there. I always talk to people about starting with why figuring out your why Uh, because that's going to be different to everyone. And one set of boundaries is not going to work across the board. Yeah. So I think if people are able to understand what their priorities are and then you can kind of construct boundaries that, uh, that, that support those priorities and allow you the space and the time and the energy to live accordingly, you know, of course, your priority might be, um, you know, downtime or family time. You've still got to work. You know, you, yeah. Like <laughs> you know, unless you win the lottery, you're you're still going to have to work. And so, you know, you need to find this this balance, for want of a better word, between different areas of life and kind of put put an end moment to work, for example, because this is yeah. one of the biggest ones that people talk to me about, they're always on their computer. They're always checking their email, even on a Friday night, even on Saturday, Sunday. If, you know, if they don't work weekends, they're still plugged in. Mm-hmm. And the fear is I work at a place where um, everyone is always on and Yeah, I don't want to be the employee who says to my boss, actually, it's 6 o'clock on a Friday. I'm off. See you at 8.30 on Monday morning. No one wants to be that person if they're the only one because, you know, maybe it looks like you don't care about your job as much as, you know, the next person. When, in fact, I would almost always hazard a guess to say that everyone wants that. No one wants to be the first person, you know. And I think when you can start a conversation based, even if you have to be the courageous one, you know, who says mm. that, who stands up yep. for your, your boundaries, your time, that almost always there will be some kind of flaw in effect.
1: And I always find that when you when you're the person that sets boundaries, people kind of it's a, it's an additional level of respect. Yes. Um, and the way where I come from, this is you. I've run my own business for coming up on ten years now, and so my thing was always I was super available to my clients. I I prided myself on the fact that if they emailed me and they had a desperate problem on the weekend. I was there for them. And it's kind of only in recent years that I've come to realise how insane that is to be like that um, and how emergencies seldom are emergencies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, and so I've, over probably in the last 18 months, I've pulled back to the point where it's I, I, it's a hard, hard habit to break. but. I don't go on my um, email over the weekend. And if I do go on my email, I don't answer emails on the weekend. So I might check them just to kind of get in my head, okay, I'm going to have to answer that on Monday. But I try now not to, yet yeah, respond to things on the weekend. And what that has done is trained people that I'm not going to jump Immediately, mm. And so what that's led to is I get less emails now because people don't email me anymore to say, oh, my God, this is happening and it's, yeah, I can't figure it out myself because that was the other thing that I figured out is that um, for whatever reason, I, I started having to have periods of time in the day where I had to shut down my email to get, get stuff done. And I was shocked at the amount of times that I would open up my email and there'd be an email from someone further down going, ah, help. Da, da, da. And then because I hadn't got back to them, like an hour later, there'd be another email from them going, oh, it's okay, I figured it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, exactly. And I, just the amount of times that that happened, I was like, whoa, okay. So this is why you don't make yourself so available because, yeah, because. I was, remo- in, in stopping answering emails at the second that I got them, I removed a huge amount of reactiveness from my life and then once you do that, you start going, okay, so if that's just what, you know, getting on top of my email does, like what other areas of my life can I set better boundaries on? Because like I said, what I found was people didn't go, I can't believe you're not available on weekends anymore, that's just, you know, you're a terrible business owner, Um I actually found what people were actually like, oh, they were just much more respectful of my time the less available I was. Yeah. And I think we kind of need to be a bit more respectful of our time.
0: Exactly. And I think putting um, putting hard boundaries on it is helpful and telling other people about it is helpful as well because yes. um, not only do you have it in your own head, but um, for example, if I say that I don't, go online at all between um you know lunchtime saturday to lunchtime sunday yeah and then i go to go online i think well what if you know what if someone sees that i'm online and you know i'm going against yeah. my boundaries <laughs> and, you know and then you kind of sucked into the the vortex again um and it's sort of just this level of accountability like no one else cares if i'm online or not but yeah it just keeps it top of mind for me to, to, to think, well, this is what I've said, these are my boundaries, this is what I'm setting.
1: Um, well, yeah, it's interesting because I, um, so I can't remember who we were talking about. I think it was like Tim Ferriss or something who said um, he's, only on, you know, he's only on answers emails, da 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 and a friend and I were talking about people who say that but then you email them and you get a response mm-hmm. straight away and how you feel a little disappointed and cheated that this person is kind of preaching this message but they're not living it. So, I guess what you're saying is: you know, it's one thing to set the boundary, but then you actually have to follow through on it. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you said it for a reason. You said it with a good intention of being more present for, you know, that 24 hours over the weekend. So there's a good reason for having said it and you can rationalize it all you want. You say, well, I'm just online to do this. Yeah, I'm just, just, you know, Um, that's fine. You can talk yourself into anything, but you know, once you've worked out your priorities, once you've established some boundaries based on that, there's really good reason why you've chosen that to be your, your kind of off point.
1: Yeah. And you can't really um, – sorry, I was going to say you can't really expect other people to respect your boundaries if you're clearly not respecting them yourself. Yeah,
0: exactly. So if, you know, your boss calls you at half past nine on a Friday night, um, well, chances are it's probably an emergency or you've got a joke of a boss. But, um,
1: you know – But you don't have to answer and if it's really an emergency, they'll drop you a text. Exactly.
0: Or they'll leave, you know, a voicemail message um, and you get to then choose if you're going to react or not. But – Um, it's just, there's so much fear involved, you know, no one wants to Mm -hmm. be the person who is viewed as the weak link. And I actually don't think it is being a weak link. If you, um, opt to give yourself those boundaries of Saturday and Sunday being away from work time, you're going to come back refreshed anyway, and you're actually going to be more inclined to jump in and just get stuff done. Whereas if you've just been floating in the stream of email and constant connection all weekend, you... I don't know, I feel like it's harder to jump back in reinvigorated on Monday morning because Absolutely. you've never really stepped away.
1: Yeah, and I think I, I feel really strongly that there's certain people in the world really need to take the lead. Like when people who set boundaries are leading the way for the other, for people who want to but can't see how but and they need to be shown. So that's why when you hear of, you know, CEOs of multinational companies going home at 5:30 every night, which is rare. you mm. don't hear about it very often but when you do, it just gives other CEOs permission to do that. And then when the CEO is doing that, everybody else down the line gets the ability to do that. I think I know from a work point of view I when I when I first started working full-time, the people I worked for it was a very um, it was a culture of overtime. If you left on time, you were seen as a clock watcher, um, that kind of environment. And I kind of vowed that when I had my own business that I was going to make sure that that's just not how we did things. And so that's why I feel like Aunt and I in our business try very hard to show that, yeah, we will go home at this, this time every night because we want to be with our families and we don't expect our staff to work overtime because that's the kind of business we want to run we mm-hmm. want there to be we want every, we want our work and we want everyone who's working for us we want that work to support their life rather than be their life yeah. um and so i think for people who are struggling to set those boundaries you know you kind of it's, it's your opportunity to kind of be a leader in that respect and set the example for others if you're looking for kind of additional motivation to <laughs> do yeah i agree so.
0: and i think if it comes from someone who is in a position of leadership or someone who does have the ear of you know senior people at, at your office um, it then becomes a conversation that other people feel comfortable in joining to yeah you know I, th- I do think that these changes need to be made organizationally you know yeah. I don't think that they're going to necessarily come from individuals um, unless that individual is the CEO uh, and Carl Honore kind of speaks about that a bit. Um, where the, the, the change needs to be kind of global in terms of...
1: Yeah, it needs to be a cultural kind of... Exactly. That and cultural change to. is hard to affect, sure. but it needs to... It starts with conversations, doesn't it? And It yep. starts with people being feeling comfortable enough to have the conversations even if they don't do anything about it immediately um but it also starts as you say kind of starts in the home as well and it starts with us as individuals so okay we may not have the power to influence our workplaces at a cultural level but if we can influence our families well we certainly can influence our families and we we show our kids that we've got these certain boundaries like these times are for this kind of thing there's no screens after this time for this reason and they they grow up with those boundaries in place and they're going to carry those through later in life. Exactly. And I think that sort of applies
0: to, um, for us anyway, extracurricular kind of activities too. We have quite Mm. strong boundaries. I I don't want our kids to be overscheduled. That's something that I'm really strongly in favour of, you know, for free time and allowing them the opportunity to be bored and to go outside (laughs) and dig in the dirt and use their imagination and be kids you know so we said from before our kids started school that they would have the opportunity to do one after school activity a week um, yeah and then in the summer months they also do swimming that's kind of a no-brainer in australia Um, yeah And that has worked really nicely for us because it means that, you know, one or two afternoons a week or at some point on the weekend there might be a game of soccer or, you know, a dancing lesson or, um, you know, a drama class, but there's only one. Um, And, you know, the kids get to choose what they want to do. And if they want to do two things, say, well, that's fine. We can try those things but not at the same time. So maybe you do drama and then you can learn piano. Uh, And just give them an opportunity to have that, White space in their time too and ours because I don't want to spend our entire weekend and every afternoon running around to different classes and sporting you know um, coaching sessions and that kind of thing. I just I don't and that's important to me to have that um, that time in the afternoons that's not scheduled to the hilt.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm a hundred percent with you. We've always very very jealously guarded our weekends. We've tried not to have anything scheduled. You know those kind of things where it's sport every single. Sunday morning so last winter was the first time that we um we had that and we kind of made you know there was just no other time Jaden wanted to do footy footy is on the weekends um and so and we did that but we just made sure that there was just nothing else on for the whole weekend because we like our weekends are very jealously protected downtime and for us to spend time as a family. and, yeah, as you say, if suddenly the whole weekend is scheduled, so on Saturday you always do this thing and on Sunday you always do this thing and then there's this thing on in the afternoon, Like, then you're first of all getting into Monday completely shattered um, and not refreshed from the weekend. But also you've not had that quality family time. And, you know, I'm big on quality and quantity time and that the weekends are when we get our quantity time. And I think it might have been David Brooks, we often quote him, um, who spoke about um, the the value in quantity time, the different kind of interactions that you get with people when you spend a large amount of time with them. Mm. Um, it's just those subtle little extras that you get to do with your kids when you say, when you effectively say to them, look, we are available to you all weekend. Like there's nothing else on. And, and it just gives you the ability to be spontaneous and do things that you wouldn't ordinarily do just because they just crop up and they crop up and you've got nothing else on. So you're like, yeah, well, let's give this thing a go. So I uh, I love that boundary that we've set over our weekends where, it, and also over our weeknights. We don't we don't do anything on weeknights after school. Um, we it's very rare to do like a, a birthday dinner or anything like that and. My friends know that now. We don't get invited to weeknight things, which is fine. Um, but yeah, our, our weeknights are guided jealously. Our weekends are guided jealously because we know that our days are quite full. Yeah. And that's like, that's a perfect
0: example of you guys have, have nominated your priorities. You've figured out what's important to you for this stage in life, and you're, I mean, scheduling that really. By not, yeah. <laughs> by not scheduling other things you've created the boundary around it and over time um people understand and respect that and if they don't so what it's not their boundary it's yours you know and it, it's yeah. up to you guys to defend that as well
1: yeah and i think that that's the hardest thing that people find they find it hard to do so they kind of they know in their head oh, i really need to set aside this time to not do anything but then they get a request and they find it hard to justify to that person, usually a family member, they're the ones that are hardest to justify to, I find, um, that, you know, thank you but we can't do this thing because of that. And it's hard saying that um, but, you you know, once you've had practice and once you've said it a few times, it does start to get through and people do start to understand like say, okay, there's no point inviting them no point scheduling that thing for a Friday night because they live, you know, to say Friday nights are very hard for us All my family lives a good 25, 30-minute drive away. Um, so by the time we get home from work on a Friday afternoon and then have to go somewhere, um, it's, just, it's just not going to happen. Um, so our family knows not to do that anymore, not to schedule those kinds of things. So people get there eventually but you do have to be strong initially to get that message through, and I do find that's the thing that people struggle with the most.
0: Yeah, I think if you can talk about um, when you're having those conversations, talk about the benefits or you know the the, the reasons why. Mm. Um, you know, going back to the example of work, if you're having that conversation with um, you know your colleagues or your boss explain how much more productive you are even go in with statistics that support your argument and say that you know workers who are able to take those 48 hours away from work come back and they are 33 percent more productive you know go in and and give those reasons give a benefit put that put it in their circle of understanding and and you know yeah and i think that really helps too i mean with your example of friday evenings say the kids are tired and grumpy and no one wants to hear them you yeah. know have a you
1: don't nap. want us to come to your house on a friday exactly you know Our kids are gonna lose their shit yeah that's
0: exactly right you know and if you can kind of um put it in a way that
1: that, <laughs> that people understand person, yeah yes I think it's matter. so true though because it, really ultimately we're all very self-centered um that's how humans have survived and thrived is being self-centered um and I think, yeah, if you explain things in a way that is impactful on the other person's life, other than as opposed to saying, this is why this is really good for me. That's right. I understand this is why this is really good, you know, why it's to your benefit for me to do this thing. And yeah, I totally agree that that's a great way to, to come at it.
0: Yeah. Um, what, do you have any other boundaries in place in your life that you kind of really strictly guard?
1: Uh, yes, I have my morning boundary. Um, so i I get up very, in the very early hours of the morning and everybody in my house knows, please don't talk to me before seven o'clock because that's my time. So I kind of, my son used to, he used to be a really, really early riser and he used to get up at five thirty, and I'd get up at five. So I kind of made it very clear to him early in the piece that you can get up at this time if you like, but mummy's not available to you yeah. <laughs> until seven o'clock, which, may sound a little bit harsh but that those morning hours are crucial to me being a good person um and so the benefits to my family are manifest um so yeah i i very very strictly guard that time so it's all time isn't it it's it's all my boundaries are around guarding time Mm. effectively um And making sure that there's – I've worked very hard over the last few years to create white space in my life, like time where I can just meander and chill out and do things slowly. And yeah, I would really struggle to ever let that go. So I think that's the other thing is like once people maybe have gotten a little bit of a taste for what – Creating boundaries gives them. I can't say the word boundaries, boundaries, <laughs> um, boundaries. <laughs> um, yeah. Once people have gotten a taste for the benefits of it, it makes that it makes it so much easier to stick to your guns when people try to take them away. Um, so that that's definitely what I've found.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's that's sort of speaking to the idea of um, putting it in your. Uh, in a way that that you understand as a benefit to yourself as well, you know it's um, once you see that that beneficial kind of impact, it can be a lot easier to to take the step of you know, <laughs> of defending it
1: That's it and that's, and I really like I found on Wikipedia when when I was looking researching this episode, I just found a really simple three step process for how to set boundaries for those of us who kind of want a neat little wrap up on this on this podcast and so number one is defining values which is effectively knowing what you want knowing what you truly value number two is asserting either boundaries so communicating what those boundaries are both to yourself which is really important and to others and then number three is honoring and defending those boundaries so actually sticking to them and consistency is really everything when it comes to to this
0: perfect summation but that, I mean, and that really is exactly what we've, we've sort of been saying and it's, um, it's really nice to be able to put it in that, that little list because it does take practice, I think.
1: Yeah, And I think one important note maybe to finish up is if you're going to set a boundary but you're not going to be able to be consistent with it, you can't set that boundary. It's just not going to work for you. Find a different one.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter. And on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag LetItBePod. Or uh, head over to letitbe.fm and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And uh, finally, if you wanted or felt you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And um, you know, we, we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. for your ease. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.